Oh, get ready, get ready, get ready. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Oh, yeah, it's me. It's your boy, the Louisiana Country Boy, coming at you live internationally. Wait a minute, I'm going to say it one more time. Coming at you live internationally. Ooh, that's a big old word for the old country boy, internationally. Look at here. Oh, look here. Old country boy going to tell y'all. I, I, I'm just tickle pink over here. I am tickle pink. Um, Y'all know I don't do no introduction. But look, I got my pipe out. I am international tonight. That's right. That's right. I done did it. I done did it. <laughs> international. Yeah. But I'm going to shut up. And I'm going to tell y'all this. I have a fantastic gentleman on the show tonight. Uh, I ain't going to. I ain't going to. I am. I'm going to pump him up. I'm going to pump him up. Cause I, I got me a CEO. I'm gonna say I got me a CEO on the show tonight. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. This man right here is the CEO of CCC. Yeah, y'all can Google it. You can Google it if you want to. CCC. That's right. And he's gonna tell you all about it or whatever he wants to tell you. Cause he is the special guest chef tonight. So. Without further ado, that's my new word, Richard. Without further ado, as I always say, sit back, relax, put on your head gear. Oh, Richard, CEO, put something in their ear. Have your way, my friend. I am speechless, Donnie. I've done almost close to 100 podcasts. That is undoubtedly the greatest introduction I've ever heard. Uh, I thank you so much, sir. That was trumpets in a red carpet. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You coming on? I appreciate you coming. I thank you so much for uh, you know the table is humbled to have you. It is uh, it is indeed an honor, and I say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So look, old country boy, I'm gonna shut my mouth. I'm gonna, you know, I'm all excited, palms all sweaty and things. You know, it's like it's like meeting the president. <laughs> Uh, I'm a, <laughs> but I'm gonna shut up and I'm gonna let you have your way, sir. You know what? You introduce yourself. Uh, you you are the chef. I'm gonna just sit here and be ready to eat. I was ready. I ain't ate nothing all day. I said Rich is gonna come cook tonight, so we gonna eat what Rich is cooking tonight. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you extending that Southern charm, and you know we have a Northeast Philadelphia guy hanging out with a Southern guy. So, uh, <laughs> Let's we'll see where this goes tonight. All right, well, just send me one of them old Phyllis cheese steaks. I tell you, I like them things. Just remember one thing, my friend. You got to put whiz on it. I don't like when people put provolone or mozzarella. All right. <laughs> that works. I can do that. But this is that. great. We're old men, white beards, a lot of wisdom to share. And your audience, you know, it's very funny. Off the podcast as well, when we're off the air, we were just talking about such incredible things about our lives and our family. Yes, and yes. we were sharing some intimate details just to get to know one another, but we have so much in common. We are on the same page. Our, our goal is just to elevate and uplift others by passing forward what was taught to us by our beautiful and incredible parents and grandparents. And so I guess we're just going to be passing along some of that wisdom with some fun stories, too. Hey, that there it is. There it is. You know what, Richard? I, I think that, and I said this and I share this with you. 
that, that's one of the most important things. And I think we we a lot of us got away from it is is about sharing that. It's about you know at some point people thought that the way that they was brought up was terrible, you know, and and it was like oh well I don't want to talk about that, but you know I I look at it like this for my my parents my you know as we I was coming up they could only give me what they had to give. Um, they couldn't they you know they couldn't teach me you know about how to how to drive a you know a spaceship because they'd never driven one. That's but cool. what they could do was give me the tools that they had for me to be a better person. And I think that if we mostly embrace that and start embracing, it wasn't that they was bad. They gave us what they had. And if it, each person, and somehow we just went like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. But we wouldn't, I know I wouldn't for sure be where I am today if I if they hadn't pulled it into me. Well, it's wonderful when your family believes in you and encourages you. Now, they won't let you run wild and right. get in too much trouble. But when they saw that you were gravitating towards something that was positive, if it was education, your studies, your athletics, your friends, or what you have done with this amazing podcast, naturally you get that sort of momentum and, and your family supports you on that, even though they've never done it, they don't even know how to start it. But the fact that we are representing our families in the best light, I think it's a beautiful thing. Yes, indeed. Yes, I I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. But look, you know, just shoot us about yourself, Richard. I mean, you know, I, I they already know about me. I'm just the old country boy, like he, you know, I oil cornbread and collard greens. But <laughs> but that's just, that's just me. You know, I might I might even eat a pig feet or two. But that's just that's just me. That you know. But you know, be you know, like I said, it's your show. Look, it's just your show. What they call the facilitator. I'm just a facilitator. Actually, you and I are splitting this pizza tonight. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm not taking that extra slice. And I don't double dip either. In the Just don't double dip. But um, no, my story, it's got some twists and turns. I didn't fall into the trap of predisposition opinions or someone setting a career for me. When I graduated high school at Abington in 1991, I decided to double down on my favorite class, which was Spanish. I didn't go law or medicine. I didn't go Ivy League. I was a, I was a dreamer. I was somebody that knew that I didn't want to be in a certain box without walls. If I had to do homework for the rest of my life, I wouldn't be on this podcast smiling. I'd be depressed somewhere. <laughs> but um, I decided to follow through on humanities. And by speaking a second language opened so many doors. And when I was 27, my friend, I had an opportunity to move to Central America, to Costa Rica north of Panama and south of Nicaragua. I was only supposed to come down for two months and work wow. at a friend's call center just to teach English. Well, as I mentioned, if you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live anywhere in the world. So I wanted to take this one in a million opportunity that crossed my path. I could have always come home. Right. But when I came here, I was, I was speechless in regards to just first being in Central America paradise. But when I was at my friend's call center, I was seeing these bilingual individuals that were on the phones and being creative in the art of speech that it, I was enticed. And, and I saw certain areas, my friend, where I could give them their dignity. I could show empathy. Mm -hmm. And by working with the people, not starting as a C-level executive, I was with, once again, I was able to see what it was like. Right. And when I had the chance in my mid-30s with impulse control, maturity, and enough finances to throw my hat in the ring, I decided to go for it. 
And my wife and I started this business and, you know, through just the stars being aligned and some grit and determination, I'm pretty much celebrating almost my 15th year in business. Wow. We feed over a hundred families a month. And that to me is the greatest reward. Money always comes and right. trust me, gold and jewels, they lose their luster. You look for other things in life yes. to inspire you. And if you can give, a lot of the times it will come back three or four times and assist you. That's my, that's that's so true. You know, and to to leap out there and take that that step of faith. Um, and you know what you're saying is money can't buy. Money can't buy no. the things that you're talking about as as far as treating people with dignity. Money can't buy that. That that's Even myself that's with dignity. Right, and that's that's something that that that's internal. You know, mm -hmm. and, and I wish that more people would could grasp that, you, you know, your character. That's what it says. You know, the first time that, that you and I talked and I told you, look, yeah, I could do an email all day, but I need to see the person face to face. And that's just me. Um, you know, there's so much that you can gain from just having a conversation with a person, just an open, honest conversation. It doesn't have to be about business or anything else, but it just has to be about knowing the person's character, what this person is about. And, These and people so need the self-reliance, Donnie. They need self-confidence. You, you say you wish more people were like this. They always had it in them. But one day you have to leave the castle to slay the dragon and save the princess. It's when are you going to begin? Right. When are you going to? When are you going to have a coming-of-age moment, Don? Mm. That changes your trajectory of life. So everything after that just builds on that sort of positive momentum. And so. You can't force it. You can't hit the ball and drag Johnny. Right. But maybe through your example or tapping in is what you and I have done to certain areas of interest. You could unlock that sort of potential. There's a lot of naysayers, my friend, people that will be gray believers and tell you you can't do it. I'm not telling you to be egocentric or selfish. Right. But it's better off to live your life mm. than live a life of others. Yes, yes, yes. You know, that's... Uh... <laughs> And it's so freeing for me, for me personally, it is so freeing to be able to just be who I am. You know, mm -hmm. and I tell people, just be who you are. Be who you are. You know, I, I, I did an old shirt, Richard. I did a shirt. It says, just be who you are because everybody else is already taken. You can't be <laughs> nobody else. They're already taken. You know, and if people would understand that and just be, because we're all, we all, I believe each and every one of us with 100% of me, has a has a gift inside of them and i'm not finna try to get rich's gift because that's not my gift but i do have something that's mine and i think each and every person has that and and to be just for me again if sometimes if we just humble ourselves and we just we we just kind of i don't know I, that you know maybe some people call me crazy i just believe in 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 love and everybody unconditional love i i believe in forgiveness mm -hmm. you know those things right there them two right there unconditional love and forgiveness man look here it goes it goes it goes you know and and i don't do it because i'm looking for something to come back right too many people say well i did this and and but they did if if you're looking and you're keeping a score count <laughs> You're going to lose the game. I'm telling you right now, you're going to lose the game because what happens, and I have seen it personally, if you're looking for it, if I'm looking for it to come, well, I did this for Richard. Richard ain't, 
but over here you got a hundred four coming but you ain't looking at that hundred four you still waiting on richard i'm gonna just sit here and wait for richard that's what i'm gonna do and we miss it we miss it we just as i'm saying and we were talking before a lot of it are personal issues yes that people may need to get through maybe they haven't met a best friend yet or a mentor mm. or somebody like yourself that calls the balls and the strikes and will be forthright with somebody and tell them that they need to step up to the plate or to stop overextending yourself and relax a little bit it's people need to be a little bit more open yes. and to give that sort of feedback that they need but you know, I, I think it's a wonderful thing that you're not looking for anything in return. Hopefully it's reciprocal, but it, it's amazing what a compliment would do to somebody or even as simple as opening a door for someone and allowing them to walk first. There's no pushing or shoving. And I like to, you know, ask for clarification with people instead of trying to ask them to repeat it or to give a certain opinion. It's better off today to use a little bit more diplomatic and strategic vocabulary because sometimes people can get offended. How about this? You said you wanted to see me face to face and I couldn't wait to meet you. A lot of the correspondence was via email, which was still as colorful as it is now. <laughs> but a lot of this stuff could be misinterpreted. Right, right. The tone, the, the, the vocabulary. And so it's so important to keep communication skills open. Yes. And not just resort to texting and emailing because it, it really takes away from the relationship building. And you, you're reaching thousands. So look at the sort of uh, influence that you have. And so um, I just hope people with that sort of responsibility that do have so many followers and people that listen to them, that they take that responsibly because it really can have an effect on people that watch that material. Yes. Yes. And that's, you know, for me, like I say all the time, this is, I use this, uh, this platform is just to be open and honest and transparent. And mm -hmm. it, it has been a true blessing that when people have come, anybody that's come, I, I don't pressure anybody and, and be like, Oh, well, this is what you got to talk about. You know, I, I, I open it. And that's why it's called table talk for me. Table when you're sitting around the table, you're eating, that's where you're most comfortable. That's where you can just sit and you can just have a conversation and you're open and you're honest and you're transparent because you got a piece of chicken in your mouth and you're eating and, and you ain't worried about what, no, you know, but, but that's where it is. And that's for me, that's to get back to that. I wish that we all could get back to that place, to that place where we're, we're not so confined where we're not so locked in to, to I don't want to hear what you got to say because you don't say what I agree with. I never thought that it was wrong for me to listen to somebody just because I don't agree with it. Because, yeah, at a certain point, we all think a certain way. But when you're open enough to be able to, I'm going to just hear your side. Because guess what? Because hmm. I say at the end, huh, I never thought of that. Because I was so locked into believing what I was going to believe that I didn't have an opportunity to open my mind to hear what others had to say. And I think a lot of people have turned that way. And that's unfortunate. It's impulse control. Either their ego is, is bruised mm. or they're trying to shove in their point to make their point. Mm. If it's me and it's not a one and a done, but I'm going to see you tomorrow. Why don't you do all the talking? 
I'll just take the notes so I can calm down. And then the next day I can come back to you with a level head and prioritize and, and ask for clarification or to add something right. or, or to take away something. And it just doesn't have to be in the moment. As they say, right. let me sleep on it. Let me take a walk on it. If it's something that's emotional, mm-hmm. you should take the time out till tomorrow. If it's fun, then all night long, just share ideas. But I, I miss, and I remember about my childhood, the 70s and 80s, when we didn't have the computer and we didn't have the cell phones, and a lot of the families didn't allow you to have a TV in the dining room. And so when we would have our family dinners with grandma and grandpa and the cousins and my family, sure, the kids could participate a little bit, but we're listening to everything. No one's distracted. No one's leaving the table. Right. Long dinners, passing around the food. It's filling our bellies and, and just having very kind conversations. And most of them really were about passing along that wisdom yeah. or when my grandparents and parents were telling stories for us to learn lessons. And I treasure those. Today, people are on their phones, on, on watching TV, or just flat out not having these sort of family dinners. Right. And you're talking about eating, but it's also, you know, remember, break fast. You're breaking the fast, so it's, it's almost your health. Right. And you're sharing this spirituality with people by sharing food and breaking bread. And, and at this call center, it's important for me to have pizza or popcorn or other sort of things where even if it's something small, the fact that you and I are sitting together and I hand it to you and, and we're having a, some popcorn together, that solidifies relationships. That's yes. why you toast the wine. I mean, these are, I believe in these sort of traditions. Some people take it lightly just for a meal. Imagine if there was the only one time you had a chance to have dinner with somebody. Mm. Not only did we treat them, but extra cheese, the drinks, desserts. <laughs> and you realize when it's all said and done that you gave them the best dinner they ever had in the best company. And it, it's such a pleasure to give that sort of gift. And I enjoy that. I, I'd rather give food than money. <laughs> that was good. It was really good. There's no conversation. We're not even talking. <laughs> hey, but check it out. In Costa Rica, this culture, and I'm sure it's around your neighborhood, when you're invited somewhere, usually they give you a big plate. A lot of times they're going to give you a second plate, and you can't turn that down. You have to be very, sometimes even a third plane. And so um, I like being fed and I like serving as well. And it's right. just, um, it's so complimentary here because my mother-in-law, my suegra, all she wants to do is feed me. Oh, <laughs> it's wow. great. Gotta you know, when you it. go to that house, you're getting a great meal. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. So let me ask you, um, with, with being there, and you yeah. have, you you are, you've been there for how long? 22 years. I came here at 27 years old back in August of 2000. Wow. Wow. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, I don't know the date, the time. I could probably <laughs> tell you the airline. The airline. And, but is- um, I shed skin. I changed my life that day. That's it was nice. a new coming of age in my late 20s. So how I was did? it? I mean, like, you know, if you don't, if you don't want to go in the deep. So, I mean, actually, how was it, you know, making the transition? Was it was it difficult for you? I mean, you know, I don't like to ask questions, but I don't know. I mean, was it was it a difficult thing or did you go like, you know what? I feel comfortable with what I'm about to do. I'm about to make this step and this is I'm led to do this. And and this is at peace. Uh, that's it. You were just at peace with your decision um, and never thought about turning back. 
I was taking it a day at a time. It was only supposed to last two months. So being here 22 years is really a godsend. But let, let's look at it a couple different ways logically. The first thing is I, I mastered Spanish before coming to Costa Rica. So that transition was very easy for me. I could James Bond it all day long. Exactly. Secondly, I knew that I was a guest in this country. So I wasn't the loud foreigner. I wasn't expecting certain things and I had a lot of patience. Keeping an open-mindedness for a new culture and tradition that made it easy for me because a lot of things that you hold dear in Louisiana and Philadelphia don't mean anything here. So you don't have that home court advantage. You need to show who you are in that essence. And, and also I wasn't looking for trouble. I wasn't licking my thumb and counting dollars on the side of the street. Right. I wasn't being insulting to taxi drivers or the locals. I wasn't throwing trash on the ground or being rude. So there wasn't no sort of violence. Right. or any sort of aggression or, or pressure. Naturally, I stand out. I'm a, you know, we call me a Blanco. I'm an extron arrow. I look like I'm from the United States, no matter how old I am. And, and I never really volunteer my Spanish initially, depending on the situation, because I just want to see the good faith. Right. Uh, let them assume that I don't speak Spanish. So at least I use that to my advantage. You have to do certain things strategically. Right. I don't keep the earbuds in. I'm looking around the street. I'm not paranoid, but you know, I'm astute. I'm looking around. This is not a game. I'm 3,000 miles away from you and my mother. And so I, I need to take this seriously. Right. And so I was really kind of like if you're getting through the desert, I could look in the direction of where I was going. But if you're not looking at your feet, you could sprain an ankle. You're dead. And so I was really taking it a, a day at a time just to make sure I was getting positive reinforcement, acclimating well, cost of living was good. So there wasn't pressure there earning very good money. And so my friend, a lot of things just kind of fell into place to make it easier. Now, I'm, I'm telling you the end result of it. Trust me, there are certain times where, you know, I needed to really use my resources here to make my life comfortable there. There's certain things you can do. There are local people that will assist you cut a certain line if you know somebody or get things done quicker. You know, right. there's a lot of red tape here with the government. So if you have accountants and attorneys, your life can be a lot easier, too. And right. I prefer that. And um, but I, I guess I just didn't want the United States rat race. I could have done it, but I didn't want it. Right. And so at 27 years old, I put up the white flag and said, you can have it. Let me just see if I could do something else. And fortunately, this paid off. And. I just didn't know, but that's what makes life exciting. Who wants to have things planned out like school or camp? You, you really want to have a zig and a zag every now and again and a, and a mix up because it keeps it exciting. And you and I were talking earlier. It's not really about what happens to you. It's how you react mm. to mm. what happens to you. And the more that even though things could seem difficult, when I can look back at it and realize that I handled myself in a certain way with good faith yes. and with good intentions, my good friend, I can live with myself. And those are the sort of personal positive reinforcements that let me know that I was doing the right thing and to keep it. It's not for everybody. Right. And trust me, Costa Rica is gorgeous. I get, you know, <laughs> don't send me to Siberia. I'm not going to stay there for 22 years. So, um, but it's nice. It's a good cocktail 
story to tell people. And, and a lot of my friends from Philadelphia, when they see me and they've done exceptionally well, they've all said, Richard, I wish I trod my own adventure, not specifically mine, right. but all of them had something in them that they always want to at least test or try before the kids, the career, the mortgage, the pressures, right. It's right. Just, just to take a bite out of life, just to see what it tastes like. And for me, I guess it was being a little selfish. I just wanted, I was a romantic. I wanted to see what could happen in this beautiful hundred years that I have. Mm. And so that's why you see me so smiling right now. I have a luxury trade. I married the girl of my dreams and I'm on a podcast with a good friend of mine. <laughs> hey, there it is. There it is. You know, and you know, but I'll say it is wonderful. It is wonderful. And you did it. You, you walked out on, again, I'll say that, you, you know, you climbed the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't allow the things, whatever it may have been, whether it was this old thing, you know, and that's the worst one, this old thing in between these old hills right here, telling mm-hmm. you, don't do, you, you didn't listen to that. You know, you didn't go like, okay, well, this is the box. I got to be in this box. You didn't. And man, I, I, I applaud that. And that's what I tell, I say to anybody, that's what you should do. You know, um, no, they can't be a Richard and they can't be a Louisiana country boy because we already taken. Oh, uh, but they can be who they are. And man, I applaud you for what you're doing and going there and and, and staying and sticking with it. And because I'm sure that old thing in between here again say, Richard, you need to come on back home. Man, you need to go on back many a times, but you said no. Well, yes and no, you kind of live it. Now, prior to coming here, I, I besides the schooling, imagine the sort of work I did with the Spanish outside of the classroom with the movies and the reading and the writing and the, and the practice. So you wield your sword. You are prepared for this. Yes. And if you live it, mm. then it's really just a natural progression. This was my destiny, my friend. Yes. It had to be done. That is, that is, that is, you know, I, I'll say this, what you did, and I tell everybody, this is what, what you should always do. You walked in purpose, on purpose. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and people miss that. You know, some people know when you walk in purpose, on purpose, everything that's purposed for you, you get. You walk into your destiny. That's the only way you can walk into your destiny. You have to do it in purpose, on purpose. You, you ain't going to trip into your destiny. You ain't going to just back though into it. No, no, no. It requires something from us. It requires what you did, and you did it. I mean, you did it. Um, and again, like I say, man, I I applaud you for it. I applaud you. I applaud you for it for for being able to just come here and 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 share it. Like you know, to tell the story about it. You know, this is not okay. Let me say this. Look here, y'all. This man right here was not born in Costa Rica. Okay, I don't know. I don't know if y'all missed it. He was not born in Costa Rica. He took the steps before he went. He said he learned Spanish. Okay. He mm-hmm. took the okay. That's that's that thing right there. He took the steps. He was walking in park up here. I, I need to do something outside the box. This is what I'm gonna do. If I want to go here, then this is what see when you got to Costa Rica, my opinion, I don't know. You had everything in your toolbox already that you needed to fix whatever it was. I was shining brighter than I've ever done in my entire life since that first day. 
And I never did telemarketing before. I got on the phone and I was in such a good mood that things were just clicking. But, but check this out. My great-grandparents came over from the early uh, 20th century, right, turn of the century. They came over from Romania and Russia, from Eastern Europe, to the United States, to New York City, mm. to be tailors, to learn English, and to be entrepreneurs. So as my grandfather went to Harvard Law, my father, Columbia Business, and my brother, Washington and Lee, I couldn't do that. I wasn't mature, disciplined enough, and I didn't want to do that. And so when I was saying, let me study languages, they're like, I don't know, Richard, you should be doing law. I go, whoa, 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 time out. Great grandpa was an entrepreneur. He came here. We're nomads. I'm not going back to Europe. I'm just going south. <laughs> but I made my argument and they said, all right, kid, if this is what you want to do, then do it. Almost not like they were hoping that I would fail. No, but they've never studied second languages. They only knew what they knew, economics and finance. Right. And so it was almost like, okay, Richard, there you go. Go, go, go. Go play and go learn your language. They, little did they know that I interned for Telemundo in college for two years in Tucson. I did wow. promotions and public relations. I did 20 hours a week. And when I graduated, I got a job for the importers of Corona before Costa Rica. So for a year, I was traveling the Southwest doing promotions and public relations, selling Corona beer. It wow. had to be fun. It had to use the Spanish. I had to get a return on investment right. on my education. And the fact that languages are so flexible and versatile, once again, it opened so many doors. I was the only one out of my friends who could do it. And I was Anglo-Saxon. So that surprised them, as you say. <laughs> once again, I'm the first person in my family besides my Aunt Roberta that could wow. speak Spanish. Wow, and, really? Yeah. And so, as I say, there's nothing wrong with starting your own path. And I always believe that if you go into the spooky cave like Scooby-Doo, then all the treasure is yours. I don't want to go like everybody else. Yeah, that's boring. You'll get nothing. you get the last piece of, of pizza, which is cold. No one wants to eat it. <laughs> I don't want that. There you go. There you go. And man, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That grit, tenacity, and determination. Mm, them things right there grit, determination, and tenacity. And you um, need role models. Yes. You need to either read the right books or watch the right movies. Or, To me, my, my role models were, were speakers. I, I can name three actors that I love to watch. I, I enjoyed Basil Rathbone when he was Sherlock Holmes with Nigel Bruce back in the 30s and 40s. I enjoyed Pierce Brosnan as Remington Steele. Do you remember that show in the 80s? Yes, I do. <laughs> and I love Templeton Peck from the A-Team, Dirk Benedict. These were incredible speakers. And so I would watch them and rewind it. I go, man, they're so smooth. I'd love to be like that. Little did I know. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. And, and you're right. You know, I uh, I talked about that and, and being able to have those role models and have people that, that are there that you can look to. And well, let me say this in, in positive role models, because you know, anybody can be a role model, they don't have to be positive, but that, that feed positivity and, and that leads you in a positive direction. Um, to be able to have that is a wonderful thing, is a wonderful thing. You, you know, I can't say what people look to today because I don't know. I don't think that they look to positive role models. I think that they just look. Oh, and I don't they tell you to beware of meeting the people that you admire because mm. you might become disappointed. 
I, I, you know what? I've heard that. And you, I'm sorry. There was a story. There was a lady that I can't remember. She was somebody she admired. And she had the opportunity, some famous singer or something. She had the opportunity to meet him, right? And she was like, just disappointed. Just really like, because they didn't turn out to be the same, I guess, off stage or whatever, as, as she would assume that they would be. And I guess that is true. Sometimes it's like, ooh, that's a letdown. It's not their fault. They just became commercialized. Mm. They kind of lost sight of what got them there in the first place. Mr. T had a great quote when he used to go visit, you know, people in the hospitals without the camera. He never wanted the cameras there. He always wanted to do things where no one could see him, yes. especially being nice to his mother and working with kids. I don't need the Pavarazzi following me or taking photographs of me doing good stuff. Right. You're doing that for your own. It's like if you go to the gym by yourself, if you do certain things by yourself that you're not forced to or just to be seen and right. keeping up appearances, that's real and that's raw. You'll always catch me in the gym at 5.30 in the morning, hitting the weights and hitting the bag. I'll be on the weekends, you know, washing down the convertible or playing some pinball and stuff because that's me. Right. That's consistent. Anyone that knows me knows that that's who I am. And so I'd hate to have to put on a different face and get into a different character because, you know, it's like telling the truth. Mm. You could tell the same story 20 years from now, but if you're juggling all of these details yes. in this persona, you're going to get caught. And as you say, my friend, people just get so disappointed over anger. And that's the last thing that I'd ever want. It's, it's really the most important thing is to be true. And, and being a CEO, I'm supposed to give this certain sort of impression. I'm supposed to walk around as a fat cat and fire people. Well, I'm the first person to lift you up and know your name. And as I mentioned, extending em empathy. Yes. So you can have your dignity and job stability. And I love things like that. The fact that I am surprising people for the fact that I really care about the synergy here and these individuals that work here. It, to me, it seems normal. Right. And that's how you and I were raised. Yes. Yeah. And so the only difference is I'm bald with a suit on, but I'm still the same guy that you would know when I was 18 in Philadelphia. <laughs> you handsome cat. You handsome cat. I love it. <laughs> you know, Richard, I, I love that. I love the fact, and what you just said is so true. You know, uh, for me, I said that, you know, the pandemic, I looked at a little bit different here. Mm -hmm. For me, I, I said that what happened was now the people that have been wearing a mask all the time you can actually see the mask because that's what people were doing people have been wearing masks for so long um faking it and shaking in here and there and over here and you can you can't keep it up forever you really can't you, you really really can't um and i could just speak personally you know I, I i for years i was that person trying to live something i don't know what that something was until i just it it, it came that that point in life it was like no just be who you are Look, I know this. I don't know nothing else. There are people that's going to like you, and there are people that ain't. And them ain't, I ain't going to like you no matter what. And them is, they, they is no matter what. And, and, and that's just how it is. You can't, for me, I'm not finna juggle over here and be like this over here today and, and be like this over here. If you see me next week, you gonna, I'm going to be just like this 
Yeah, there you go, Lord. Him and his big mouth. Can you shut him up? That that's that's just who I am. I just mm-hmm. embrace that. And that's what I tell people, just embrace who you are. Um well, that helps you sleep well at night. True. I'm Could you imagine that sort of conflict when you look in the mirror and you don't even recognize yourself anymore? Hey, <laughs> you know my old saying, right? Most Come people on. got their mirrors in their house covered up because they don't want to see themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I love looking at myself because it's another day of me giving myself five and saying, go, Richie, go. Look what you just did. What's tomorrow going to bring, my friend? What are you (laughs) going to do? (laughs) There it is. Hey, that's it. Hey, okay, Richie, I I got to now. You got me all. Because, look, when we get out of the show, I'm going to ask you for a job. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, be having the best time. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna love me some Spanish. Don't be over there answering the phone. You're gonna be like, oh, we don't have to now. You're gonna have to go home. <laughs> but look, can you can you please, if it's okay, and again, mm-hmm. just tell the people about the other side of Richard, not the personal side, now the business side of Richard. The, the business side of Richard. I mean, I mean, you, you ain't got to now. You ain't got to. You you, you know. You can tell me well, it's my pleasure. I, you know, I'm a CEO of a, of a bilingual call center in Costa Rica. These agents here make outbound appointment setting and lead generation calls. They also take inbound customer support and non-voice support. We do not call you at dinner because if I do, you're never going to, you're never going to talk to me again. And we're very selective of the campaigns that come in here because this is a very strict Catholic country. I want to make sure that the agents can go home and tell their parents what they do for a living. I prefer to bring in people that sometimes do not have call center experience because they could be bringing in bad habits or be a jumper. I prefer somebody that is bilingual and has these skills where I can mold them. It's very easy to teach them a CRM and, and phone system, but you know, if they're coachable, if yeah, as you yeah. say, they have the grit and desire, it's my pleasure to find ways to delegate in order to promote them. It's very important for me as well to give positive reinforcement to the agents. I do it through quality assurance. We listen to their recordings and I can grade them on certain metrics. And I just don't grade on the simple stuff. You and I talk about bedside manner and certain soft skills, diplomacy. Since English is their second language, Nani, I really focus on the thesaurus so I can expand their vocabulary with similes. So instead of saying words like help, they'll use assist, guide, or lend a hand. Little things like that. And let's say we're even making outbound prospecting calls. A lot of people are concerned about gatekeepers and filters. To me, I think they're the greatest people. We like to do positive escalations. So where if I speak to somebody and then I get transferred to you, I will say verbally how amazing this individual was and also do certain things in writing. If you get that at a call center, you can get money and prizes for it. That's how they give bonuses out. But if you call certain businesses, churches, schools, organizations, or even friends and family, and you mention others, you give the gift of a positive escalation. They're going to be happy that you call back. They'll give you information on how to close a deal or a company culture. And so instead of just going in there and trying to sell Donnie a 1995 book, It's very important for us to build rapport, to do a little bit more due diligence on your LinkedIn profile, on your podcast episodes or your website. So if I have to leave you a voicemail or an email, 
I can custom make it. Mm. And that's only going to separate us from thousands of people that are knocking on your door, trying to get sales. Now, not every time we make a call, we get a sale, but I increase our percentages by being on the phone longer, by asking more questions and knowing more people in your organization that I can refer to that added momentum in my sales. So it's not like what you see in the movies. We're not the Wolf of Wall Street, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, or Boiler Room. There are a lot of call centers that do that. I could personally do that if I wanted to, but I once again have chosen a certain environment where the profiled agent is something that not only the client could be comfortable with, but the agent would feel comfortable making those calls. And so owning a company, if I try to force a fit, Mm. someone may not come back. They might quit. And you're only as good as the foundation that you have. And so it's, it's extremely important just to have that sort of sweet spot and balance for the client and for the agent so it meshes and that it works. Because as I said before, if nobody shows up at your Chuck E. Cheese birthday party, you have no friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not going to break you. So as a business owner, I'm constantly looking for ways for you to master levels and to crack some codes and to get better. But I, I just can't... You, let you become complacent and and um monotonous and and bored on the phone where you just go through the motions that's that's as i say you you become plastic yes yes. and and there's nothing that's uh raw about you anymore and and that's a shame when people get into that sort of trap most definitely you know and what i what i hear rich and i'll say this is that you're not building a a company you have built a culture Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's you know, and that's a lot of people. It's it's that's how you can call it home. That that's how people can say CC is home. It, it, it because you built a culture. You, you you they're not just employees. They're not just people that work here. This is like a family. And these are people that you know. Sometimes and and I you know just doing what I do and learning that and, and working for others. Some places you can work and it's just a job. Some places you can be and it's and it's a home because you feel included, not excluded. Not like, oh, well, this is just a person over there that just does this over here. But they are, you look at them and everything that you've said and, and just talking to you, these are these are what we forget to call people, humans. Well, I take it a step further. You remember our favorite class in school was recess. Mm. I have a gamification culture here. I collect pinball machines and jukeboxes and oh, wow. arcade machines. So I have a neutral environment, Donnie, where people can go down and meet agents from other departments, let off steam, recharge batteries, hang out with me. Because if you're having a cigarette outside or on your phone on Instagram, you're by yourself. Right. But this is a very social environment. And these games are older than they are. <laughs> so it's so important that they that they have fun yes. and that there is a work-life balance. That's essential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's great. That's great because, you know, and, and I know personally for me, that makes you want to get up and go because you're looking, you're excited to get there. Like, man, I can't wait to get there. Um, I hear so today and, and, you know, in so many different places how people just be like, got to go away. Because it's, for me, when they say that, it's because of the culture there hasn't been a, a a positive culture. There's no positive um, feedback there. There's nothing positive. 
and, and they're not a part of it. They're just an employee. When when you change that whole scope around, oh man, you have you you have done it. You you have you have put your hands on the crystal ball. Again, <laughs> you have made people understand like we are in this. This ain't just me. You know what you just said. There's not a lot of places that genuinely I can go with the CEO, and and you know he's right there, and we can have a conversation. And it's not like oh, with that, you know, work is work, right? And a lot of the times, my friends, something outside the office could be affecting their performance here. They're not robots. They're not expendable numbers, as you were talking earlier, where people aren't even known at an office, and right. so. Um, I have to take that into consideration because sometimes people have moments. Yes. But my favorite is when they bring their family along, a wife or a husband or their mother or father, and I'll go downstairs and they have to pull me away because I'm going to be telling them for 10 minutes how amazing their son is. And that's just a gift that keeps on giving. And I'm not just saying he's great. I'll give five examples because I care. Right. I know about phone calls he makes, a two-year anniversary, what he did last week. I pay attention to these small things. Because they claim that I that people don't, but you and I notice these little details yes. that, that yes. make a difference. And that's I'm telling you, that is if if if, if there's any business owners out there that might not hear what we're talking about, mm -hmm. if you want to retain and grow, if you I'm gonna say it again, if you want to retain and grow, mm -hmm. these are the things coming from an old employee and coming from a CEO. Mm -hmm. These things right here. I'm telling you, you would have the happiest people there. They would break down the door just to come work for you. Would, you know, and then I think that, that here is why so many people decided, you know, with, oh, I'm not going back to work. Or when the pandemic thing, they didn't want to go back. They're going to go out and do their own thing because they felt so mistreated or they felt so devalued. They don't, they don't value me. I'm just, but when you, again that's just me you know that's just my old thing when, when it's like this and and we are and we can have a conversation and what you just said those things well i know anniversaries i know birthday i know these things and, and i can sit and talk to them and i can talk to their family when you can do that that means that that you have said this is ours well these yes, people you as well they don't need to sell their soul for a dollar they have options they don't need to go to an environment like that but Let's address something for a second here. I, I might create the greatest office environment ever, but there is a natural attrition that happens here. Amazon's in Costa Rica, HP, Intel, and Oracle. There's a, hundreds of call centers here. Right. So I compete, especially against the big boys. So Donnie, I will lose somebody from time to time for a scheduling conflict if they go to the university. Their boyfriend or girlfriend may work there. It might be close to their home or... Sometimes it even pays more. There's different types of vocations here. Right. But the one thing that they will not do, and you will definitely appreciate this, they're not going to say Richard defaced me, mm. insulted me, made me do the walk of shame, right. yelled at me. No, 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 that just doesn't happen. And I, I'm okay with that. As long as somebody is here and we can walk together and grow together, that's great. I. I sometimes get a two weeks notice. Sometimes they just peace out on me. The next thing you know, I got to call my client with a solution, which is fine. Because if you can work through minor issues with a client, they see how you act during tough times. 
Yes. And how it is during good times. And so that that just solidifies the relationships with my clients. But I get disappointed from time to time. People I expected a little more from just disappear or they become a fading flower because this industry does does create burnout. And in the United States, people look a certain way towards telemarketers and call center work. And for me, I was a gladiator that not only survived it, but I thrived in this industry <laughs> on my own. So go figure. Because I saw the art in the speech. Yes. I yeah. saw the vocabulary and the delivery. And I thought it was incredible if people were able to have that sort of conversations and convert sales sight unseen. There is an art to it. And right. as long as you practice that craft, I mean, the, the earnings are, are, your potential is just limitless. You could do very well. Hey, that is, that, that is definitely, definitely amazing. You know, I, I and again, Richard, I, I applaud you. I, I keep applauding you for <laughs> just your, your again, your tenacity, but how you have in the culture that you are creating, have created. I mean, it ain't like you just started today over the years. And I know it was, <clears throat> I can just assume that it was something that you had to go in and slowly change or whatever it may have been. But you, you created this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful culture. Um, I did it slow and steady. Nice. I started off working out of my home and I was renting a turnkey station wow. at like a glorified internet cafe, no privacy, open floor plan, C by C. Did that for a couple of years. I, I wanted to reduce my risk. And when I had enough capital, then I rented out a place where I could put 150 stations, which I did the furniture and the server room. So I made that large investment. And then after so many years, I had enough money to build this 300 seat center so it's the tortoise not the hare it's if you don't have money for it you don't pay for it right, right. and so i went very very conservative i also did it for the uh the acorns for the winter philosophy because covid set me back and in 2010 i had a small setback as well but i had enough reserves to weather that storm i was responsible for the job stability and the payroll and I also wanted to make sure to in, that I could ensure uh, endurance Yes. And that I could, I, I could beat this. And so sometimes people overextend themselves and that's when they get into trouble. Right. So as much as you want to see it as fancy dancy, no, my friends, it's very <laughs> mm -hmm. slow and steady, slow and steady. Well, look, Richard, we are getting close, but this is what I want to do again. Yeah, I'll fold yeah. the shit up. I'll fold it and close my mind. I'm going to tell you what I want. Um, one, I would love for you to tell more about yourself. Next, I would love for you to to introduce or say how I don't know how people if they wanted to contact or get in, you know, they'd be like, I need me a call center person or, or whatever, you know, that thing that you do to to boost what you are doing there. Uh, man, take this moment, take this platform. Old country bug on set back. I'm gonna turn my head so you ain't even got to look at me. I'm gonna turn my head. <laughs> look, okay. I, I just want to first start off by right. thanking right. you so much for this time I, to be with you. Know, you all I got to my tape. I'm a <laughs> <laughs> you need some duct tape and you got to flip it three times. That's not gonna last. I'm gonna close it wasn't my even mouth. sticking to your beard. Come on. Okay, that's better. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, your audience was amazing. I had the best time. I, I'm just a man that uh, took a chance in myself. I believed in the beauty of life. 
that it should be lived. I was responsible with my choices where I prepared for to make education decisions. But looking back at it, I am so uh, pleased that I didn't stop that sort of spiritual journey and vision quest that I started with when I was a young man in my teens. Now, if your audience would like to get in touch with me, they should buy a plane ticket and fly to Costa Rica and come visit me. You can call me at 888-271-6750 or send an email at ceocostaricascallcenter.com. But here's the best part. I have a very large Facebook fan page of about 98,000 local Costa Rican Ticos. They're going to love you. I'm going to put it on there and you'll have tens of thousands of new fans. But your audience will get a chance to understand the pulse of the business process outsourcing industry in Costa Rica. As I mentioned, north of Panama, south of Nicaragua. We're the only democratic society. So there's no standing army. All the money got put back into education. So there's a 95% literacy rate here. An excellent skill set. We're on mountain time zone and we're very much known for ecotourism. So if you love waterfalls, beaches, and zip lining and monkeys and butterflies and iguanas, this is the place to be. I think your audience would love it. I got wonderful suggestions for them. And your show is so good. It inspired me to reach out to you. It's like speaking to the oldest friend that I have. And you get people so comfortable that look how quick an hour goes. Look where we went today. And you are a really good man. And you're doing wonderful work. And I support you 100%. I, I thank you so much, man. I, I really do. Um, you know, it is, uh, it's an honor. Again, I'll tell you, it's an honor for you to, to come by here and, and, you know, chit chat with this old boy and, uh, everything that you're doing, everything that you're doing right there, right there, man, I, I, I hope that, um, what I'm putting out, the foundation of this is doing what it's meant to do and that is encourage uplift and support others across the board you know i i know people be like he ain't got nobody coming i do i do look and, and y'all gets to look at this handsome fella over here and y'all ain't got look y'all can just do like that and i ain't got to look at me well actually see i'm on y'all didn't know if i takes these glasses off and take that hat off that's my other twin <laughs> hey, superman right <laughs> I own. didn't even recognize you with the hat and glasses. You take them off, I know who you are. You're so funny. <laughs> and my twin down in Costa Rica. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I but look, I want you to um, but lastly, lastly, what I'm gonna do is that I am gonna shut up. And if there's a uh, a word, a message um that you your last words that you want to leave what the people will remember Richard by your last words. Oh, have your way. Fortune favors the brave. Mm -hmm. That's it. Wow. And if you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live anywhere in the world. <laughs> hey, there it is. And our family's got strong guilt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Look, Richard, I thank you so very much. I thank you. I, I greatly appreciate you gracing the table. Um, well, you Southern gentlemen, I had a great time hanging out with you too. <laughs> Look, 
y'all go and as i say about all my guests and anybody that comes on here that took the time out to come to share they took the time out to come to share openly honestly and transparent to share um go follow them look you can look this man up on facebook linkedin uh twitter uh uh all that stuff i, I can't even name him out he's all over there y'all can go look him up y'all can go email and call and whatever get your plane ticket going on down to costa rica i'll be down there next week um <laughs> but honestly just you know it doesn't cost anything to to share it doesn't cost any, anything to go and support people it really doesn't it doesn't um he's doing wonderful things he's doing wonderful things and that's the thing about it there are people that are doing wonderful things this is an amazing man doing an amazing job in Costa Rica. Well, water sinks its own level. That's how we found each other. Hey, that's it. That's it. Um, you know, so just go follow support. Follow support all my guests because they're doing wonderful things. Richard, I thank you. I thank you so very much. Thank you, uh, sir. I, mean, I, I look forward to uh, to hooking up later. Know that there's always a spot right here at the table for you. Anytime you got another dish you want to cook, just be like, look here, I've got another dish I wants to bring to the table. And I'll be like, okay, let me clear the table. <laughs> well, maybe we'll do our second podcast when you're visiting me here as my guest. Oh, yeah. I like that. We're uh, going to take the show on the road. I was just going to say. <laughs> That's it. That would be beautiful. That would be beautiful. Do it from right there. Mm. I mean, the Brady Bunch went to Hawaii. You can come down here. They sure did. Wait a minute, but then they had that little thing. Remember that little thing that they were looking for? And then then Jen got I I take them. I'm going, you finished. You're talking about Oliver and the tiki stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Peter almost dies with the with the with the spider and Greg almost kills himself surfing. What the hell's wrong with these people? (laughs) Who the hell does that on vacation? (laughs) Oh my god. See? (laughs) Oh man. Well, look, I thank you again, Richard. I thank you so very much. And uh, like I say, y'all go like, follow, support, my friend. Um, he's doing wonderful things. But like I say, folks, I'll leave. Thank you. I love each and every one of you unconditionally. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. Richard! We on our way to Costa Rica. We on our way to Costa Rica. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I appreciate you, Richard. Thank you. Hey, y'all have a good one. (laughs) Have a good night, my friend.